0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome. So glad to have you. Welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast, where this episode, we will take a look at the entire dentition. Now, at this point in your studies, you've taken the time to study each of the different class traits of all the anterior and posterior teeth, and hopefully, at this point, you have a pretty comfortable grasp on tooth identification and the steps that you need to take in order to differentiate the difference between each of the teeth. In this episode, we're going to do a condensed version of looking at the key features of each of the tooth types in order to help you prepare for your final exams. Now this would be a great episode also to review prior to taking your board exams. There are some guidelines and suggestions that will be helpful in order for you to properly identify the teeth. And in this episode, we'll take a look at that. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! First suggestions in order to identify a tooth. When you pick the tooth up, determine the class of the tooth. Are you holding an incisor, a canine, a premolar, or a molar? Then make the determination on which arch the tooth belongs to. From there, you can determine the type of tooth. Is it a central or lateral incisor? Is it a first or second premolar? Or is it a first or second molar? Make the determination from there as to what side of the tooth is the facial and lingual, using form and function. And then make the determination if the tooth is right or left. Doing this step-by-step process will help you differentiate the class, the arch, the type, and the specific tooth. If you've picked up a tooth and made the determination that you are holding an incisor, review the different arch traits and then the specific tooth type traits to figure out which incisor you're holding. Now, for the arch traits, the maxillary crowns are wider mesiodistally than the mandibular. The maxillary incisor lingual anatomy is more pronounced than the mandibular. There are larger cingulums on the maxillary, and the mandibular incisors tend to have no pits. When we're looking at the maxillary central incisor, there's a larger crown than on the lateral, and it's wider cervically. There's less frequent lingual pits when you're comparing maxillary central to maxillary lateral. There's a sharp meso incisal angle on the maxillary central incisor, and the distal is more rounded. There's less lingual development than on the maxillary lateral, and the cingulum is offset to the distal. Remember that maxillary central is very straight. It has a bulky root with a rounded apex, and there's no proximal root concavities on the maxillary central. When you're looking At the tooth, and you're considering that you're holding a maxillary lateral incisor, think about that it's a smaller crown than the maxillary central. There's more pronounced lingual anatomy than the central, and the cingulum is centered. Take a bird's eye view to look right down the incisal edge towards the root in order to make that distinction. The mesial crown outline is flatter, and the distal is more rounded. The mesio angle is sharper than the distoincisal angle, but it's more common on the maxillary lateral incisor to have lingual pits. If you picked up a tooth and determined that you may be holding the mandibular central incisor, consider the key features. It has a very small centered cingulum. It is the smallest permanent tooth and it's very, very symmetrical. Sometimes you can notice that the mesioincisal angle is slightly sharper than the distoincisal angle. There are proximal root concavities with the deepest one being on the distal, so this will help you make the determination from right to left. And sometimes you'll see a distal root inclination. The mandibular lateral incisors are less symmetrical than the centrals and so you have that distal lingual twist because the incisal edge is rotated distal lingually. You wanna take a bird's eye view looking right down the whole center of the tooth to make that distinction. The cingulum is offset to the distal, and sometimes there's proximal root concavities present. If you've picked up a tooth and made the determination that you are holding a canine and you need to figure out which canine you are holding, think about the arch traits. The cusp tip is sharper on the maxillary canine. The maxillary canine crown is wider in a mesiodistal direction. The labial ridge is more pronounced on the maxillary canine than on the mandibular canine and the lingual anatomy is more prominent on the maxillary canine. So if you're specifically looking at the maxillary canine traits, the distal crown outline curves more than the mesial crown outline between that contact and the cervical line. The mesioincisal incisal cusp slope is shorter than the disto incisal when it's newly erupted before any attrition occurs. The cingulum on the maxillary canine is centered, and it has more prominent lingual ridges. The proximal root concavities are more pronounced on the distal, and there can be a distal root inclination. When you're looking at the mandibular canine, the mesial crown outline is flatter than the distal. The mesial cusp ridge is shorter than the distal, and the cingulum is offset to the distal. The roots may have a mesial or distal inclination at the apex. The mesial marginal ridge is longer than the distal because of that offset cingulum, and the proximal root concavities are more pronounced on the distal. The mandibular canine can also have a bifurcated root. If you've picked up a tooth and you've made the determination that you're holding a premolar Think about the arch traits of the premolars. The buccal ridge is more prominent on the maxillary premolars. The lingual cusps of the maxillary premolars are relatively longer than the mandibular premolar lingual cusps. The crown of the maxillary premolars aligns right over the root, and the crowns of the mandibular premolars tend to tilt towards the lingual, which creates that rhomboidal shape. The tip of the lingual cusps offset measly with the maxillary premolars. The lingual cusp tip is just slightly shorter than the buccal cusp tip when you're looking at a maxillary premolar. And the lingual cusp tip is much shorter than the buccal cusp tip on a mandibular premolar. Now keep in mind the crown shape of the maxillary premolars is oval and is considerably wider in a facial-lingual direction than in a mesiodistal direction. The crown shape of the mandibular premolars is closer to square, and the crown is less oblong in a facial-lingual direction. The occlusal surfaces of the maxillary premolars and the three-cusp mandibular premolars have triangular fossa, and the mandibular premolar two-cusp type generally have circular fossa. Now I promised this would be a condensed episode, so I'm going to try to be really brief about the specific traits of each of the premolars. Starting with the maxillary first premolar, the mesial cusp ridge of the buccal cusp is longer than the distal. The mesial marginal groove crosses over the mesial marginal ridge and the mesial developmental depression extends onto the cervical third of the crown as well as onto the root. Typically, the maxillary first premolar is bifurcated. Looking at the maxillary second premolar, the mesial cusp ridge or the buccal cusp is shorter than the distal cusp slope. The cusps are nearly equal in height and size on that maxillary second premolar. There are more supplemental grooves than what is seen on the maxillary first premolar, and the root apex is inclined towards the distal. There's a shorter central groove on the maxillary second premolar than what is seen on the maxillary first. When we're looking at the mandibular premolars, the mandibular first premolar has a large buccal cusp and a tiny non-functioning lingual cusp. The mesial cusp bridge of the buccal cusp is shorter than the distal. The mesial marginal ridge and the transverse ridge are at a 45 degree angle to the occlusal surface. The mesial lingual developmental groove is present, and the proximal root concavities are more pronounced on the distal. There's a strong transverse ridge on the mandibular first premolar, which means that there's no central pit evident on the occlusal table. Looking at the mandibular second premolar, The mesial cusp ridge of the buccal cusp is shorter than the distal. There's less prominent of a buccal ridge and it generally has one root and two lingual cusps. There may be a Y, U, or H occlusal form. The Y form is the three cusp type, which is most common. If you're holding a three cusp type, the mesial lingual cusp is larger. There are proximal root concavities and they're deeper on the distal. There's typically a distal root inclination and the lingual groove and central pit are seen on the three cusp type premolar. If you've picked up a tooth and you've determined that you are holding a molar, let's review some of the arch traits of the molars. The maxillary molars have three roots, two buccal roots and one lingual root. The mandibular molars have two roots, one mesial root and one distal root. The crowns of the maxillary molars are wider in a facial-lingual direction than in a mesiodistal direction. And the opposite is true of the mandibular molars. There is no oblique ridges on the mandibular molars. The maxillary first molars are wider on the lingual than on the buccal. The mandibular first molars are wider on the buccal than on the lingual. The crown of the maxillary molar is more centered over the root, whereas the crown of the mandibular molar is tipped more lingually over the root. Remember form and function. There are two buccal cusps on maxillary molars and two or three buccal cusps on mandibular molars. The root trunk of maxillary molars is longer than the root trunk of mandibular molars. Now let's talk about the furcations. On the maxillary teeth, the mesial furcation is three millimeters from the CEJ, and it's more lingually located. The distal furcation is five millimeters from the CEJ, and it's more lingually located. The buccal furcation is four millimeters from the CEJ, and it is centered in a mesiodistal direction. The root concavity is found on the root trunk on the buccal, mesial, and distal surfaces, as well as all fercal surfaces on the maxillary molars. Looking at the mandibular teeth, the furcations on the buccal is located 3 millimeters from the CEJ and is centered in a mesiodistal direction. The lingual furcation is located 4 millimeters from the CEJ and is also centered in a mesiodistal direction. There are root concavities found on the buccal and lingual root trunks of the mandibular molars. Also, deep depressions located on the mesial surfaces. Looking at the maxillary first molar, the roots are very divergent. The palatal root usually flares beyond the crown outline in a banana shape. The mesial lingual cusp is larger than the distal lingual cusp. There's a cusp of carabelli located on the mesial lingual cusp in about half of all cases. There's an oblique ridge that crosses from the mesial lingual to the distal buccal cusps. The mesial buccal root is much wider and longer than the distal buccal root, and the mesial buccal root shows distal inclination at the apex. So this is a good key feature to help you differentiate right from left. Looking at the maxillary second molar, the roots are less divergent than on the first. The distal lingual cusp is less developed than the maxillary first molar, and it may even be absent, creating a heart-shaped occlusal table. There's a larger mesial root, and the mesial root shows a distal inclination at the apex. The mesial lingual cusp is larger than the distal lingual cusp, although on the maxillary second molar, there's no cusp of carabelli. The oblique ridge does exist, but it's less distinct than on the maxillary first molar, and you'll notice there's more supplemental grooves than on the first molar. Looking at the mandibular first molar, there are three buccal cusps, with the distal cusp being the smallest, and this will help you differentiate left from right. There are two buccal grooves and one lingual groove. The roots are more divergent and curved, and the mesial root is wider and longer than the distal root. The mesial root shows distal inclination at the apex. Looking at the mandibular second molar, the roots are less divergent. The mesial root is wider and longer than the distal, and the mesial root may show distal inclination at the apex. There are two buccal cusps and two lingual cusps. The mesial lingual and mesial buccal cusps are typically a little larger than the distal cusps. And this will help you distinguish left from right, along with looking for that rhomboidal shape. I hope this was a good overview of the entire dentition, really brief key features of the specific tooth type uh, morphology. Please know that understanding really detailed features of all of the teeth will help you in the clinical setting, both in charting the dentition, probing the dentition, and using your instruments in the dentition. Once you get into uh, your clinical rotations, you're going to be referencing all of this information in a variety of different ways. So really knowing the key features will help you in all the different aspects of your assessment and implementation in the clinical setting with your patients. Use your teeth that you purchased at the start of your program when you're listening to this podcast to really help you find and figure out all those key features so that you are successful in your tooth identification. I really hope that this helps you all. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you listen next time where we will be taking a deep dive into the documentation process of your occlusal assessment. Performing the assessment is one part. Properly documenting your assessment and what you see is a completely different component. You'll want to be sure to tune in for that. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.